Life is full of personal wins. I'm still waiting for mine. Whether it's cleaning your house or getting that dream car, winning at life is a great feeling. And with the State Farm Personal Price Plan, you can keep winning when you create an affordable price just for you by bundling your home and auto. Chrissy, you're always on top of all of this. Well, I am very deficient in some areas, but this is not one of them. I also love how personal State Farm is. I love my State Farm agent, Mike. Shout out to Mike. And guess what? Today, you guys can talk to a State Farm agent to learn how to bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, wait for it, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability amount on discounts and savings and eligibility vary by state. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I interviewed O.J. Simpson. We're just sitting next to each other, like four feet apart, and he goes, you think I did it? And I go, did what? I wanted him to say it. So I said, did what? And he said, killed those two people. And I said, yes. Calm Down with Aaron and Carissa is a production of iHeartRadio. Welcome to part two of our conversation with Dan Patrick on The Big Show. show. (laughs) Hello. Because (laughs) one episode with Dan Patrick is not enough. This guy's career is so good. We had to ask him more questions. And this one, are you ready for an incredible story about O.J. Simpson? We also go, I go to the Dan Patrick School of Interviewing. I mean, just five minutes with this guy. How good was that? I mean, maybe I'll actually get invited to the sports Emmys this year. And how much longer he's going to keep doing this. Stay with us. Dan Patrick, part two, up next. Hello. On The Big Show. So, Dan, you are so skilled at so many things that you do. Aaron and I both interview people as well for a living. I want to know the art of the interview through the lens of Dan Patrick, because I'm constantly trying to figure out and learn and take advice, yield advice from people that I respect. What makes a good interviewer? Be curious. Like, always be curious. Mm -hmm. It's not about you. There's nothing wrong with a question that makes it seem like you don't know the answer. If you say why. But we get caught up in, oh, my God, they're going to think I don't know. So you're going to ask a question, answer the question, then ask the question. It's terrible. Just get to the question. Just ask the question. And because the less time I have you to be able to load up with an answer or maybe bullshit me, I'm doing a disservice to my audience. And I always think when I'm interviewing, my job is to be a conduit to the people who are listening or watching. It's my job to get them something that keeps them in their car. Or they go, oh, did you hear that interview? 
And if you're selfless, then you'll ask open-ended questions and be curious and always be ready with the follow-up. Athletes try not to tell us things or coaches try not to tell us things. Your job is they're going to tell you something. You just have to listen for it. And then when you follow up, that's when you get gold. I, I remember when Scottie Pippen was being interviewed by all these people and he had something to say about Michael Jordan and LeBron and everybody was, oh my God, did you hear what Scotty had to say? Well, in the same conversation, he talked about race played a role in Phil wanting Scotty to not take the last shot. Tony Kukoc was going to take the last shot in the game. And Scotty sat down and I said, oh my God, that's the quote. He basically called Phil Jackson a racist. And I said to Fritzy, my booker, I said, see if you can get Scotty on. And he was promoting his whiskey or bourbon or something, tequila maybe. And I asked him, I said, what are you saying about Phil? And he said, no, he, he basically was saying he's a racist. And I just thought nobody's listening. Like they're listening for what gets clicks and gets clicks is when you talk about Michael Jordan and LeBron James, not Phil Jackson. And I just remember it was like it hit me that are we really listening or are we only listening for what works in today's social media climate? And, and I don't do social media. I'm not on social media. I'm not interested in social media. I'm aware of it. If I make a mistake, somebody points that out. Uh, but other than that, I don't need it as a you know, reassurance. But I think, you know, how we ask questions, who's asking questions. And I think journalism is sort of in small letters now. I don't think it's capital letters. And that's where I think we get into trouble sometimes. Hot takes, that's really important. But when you sit down and you ask questions, ask the question and don't be afraid. Because this isn't about that guy being your buddy or, you know, that woman being your mm -hmm. buddy. Your job is still to get that answer to your audience. And if you always believe in that and stay true to that, you can't go wrong. But make it about the subject, not about you and your questions. I love that. Now I'm rethinking everything I want to ask Michael <laughs> Parsons this week. I'm like, shit, what's happening? Well, I would, I not to tell you how to do your job, but I would like to know, like, what makes you want to be part of the media? Like, what, what part of the media do you enjoy? Because he... He is good. Yeah. He's good on his podcast mm -hmm. and, and he's got things to say and he's young. And I, I'm just curious that new wave of athlete. So, you know, we got the NIL guys and then we got, you know, these guys who have a podcast and what do you say and can you say it? And are you saying it on here, but you won't say it to the media when you do a press conference? And like, those are things that I find really fascinating because today's athlete is far ahead of the game in a lot of ways but really naive in a lot of ways, too. Hmm. You've you've done wow. everything. Covered World Series, NBA Finals, Olympics, uh, your time at ESPN, your time at NBC, and your own show. Is there something you would go back and do differently, or are you appreciative of the past that you've been now, on? Now, see, I would have critiqued you right there. Tell me. What would you have done differently? What would you have done differently? You don't okay. even add the, the the end of it. I love you. Now, I do this to my Perfect. wife and I do this to my kids. No, so once it's again, so good. And it messes no, I the way, with the way you think. D Dan, did you deal with John Swatsky at ESPN? Yes. He, yes. he, in a great way, fucked my head up. Like what, where, when, why, how? Do not ask two-part questions. Like it yes. screws my brain up, but it's great. John Swatsky changed my career. Wow. Wow. John was in, in a magazine. There was an article and it was like the king of interviewing or king of the question. 
And I read it. And I said to John Walsh, who was running SportsCenter, I said, we have to get him here. Yeah. And so he got him here five days, eight hours. And people were like. Fight him. MF and me. Like yeah. they were like, oh, my God, why did you? And I said, oh, my God, this is unbelievable. It's it was amazing. a treasure trove of things that could help you. Tips, laying down breadcrumbs, like take them here, take them here. Where are you going? What's your end game? What's your first question? Now, we went toe to toe a lot of times because I said, you've never interviewed Mike Tyson. You've never interviewed Dennis Rodman. Your laws, your rules, your tips won't apply. And he goes, I beg to differ. And I go, uh, I know because I've done that. I have interviewed them. And there is no way to really go into that with his formula. But the other stuff was wonderful. Open-ended question. I'll sit around the table with my kids, my wife. And I used to go, how was your day? Good. And I Hi. go, okay. Tell me, what was the best part of your day? And so then mm -hmm. they would give you an answer. And yeah, then mm -hmm. after a while, they caught on yeah. and they go, you interviewing dad? Or are you really? <laughs> <laughs> are you? <laughs> I love it, though. I love it. You have it's to get into it. Back to your, do it to your uh, boyfriend. Yeah. Uh, do it to your husband. Yeah. Just yeah. ask a question. They won't realize it. But, but when you say, hey, how you doing? Good. Hey, uh, what, what was fun today? Or what was interesting today? Then you get conversation. And I always tell people, when you get married, you fall in love but you stay married because you like that person. So find out if you like being around them by talking to them. Chris, don't do, do this. Oh, you, don't you have do to this. do that. Yeah, don't, don't do it. I don't want to screw up. You, you, you've gotten this far without me. I, I've helped you with other okay. relationships. Well, yeah, this exactly. I mean, get out of them. <laughs> so wait. So, okay, let okay. me ask the question in the Dan Patrick School okay. of Interviewing. <clears throat> this is this is my test. Okay. So Dan, you have covered World Series, NBA don't finals, even have to do Olympics. That. You don't You're have to do that. You're nope. adding okay. information that they Wait. know about. Okay. I thought I was starting. I thought I had to start. Your, like no, I don't have to do your question. <laughs> now I don't know. My question is, what would you do differently? Okay. That's it. That's it. What would you di do differently in your career? What would you do differently in your career? Nothing. Um, I, I I learned I learned the right way. I mean. I got humiliated. I got kicked to the curb. I came back. I started something on my own. I'm proud of, like, you're proud of, it's like, you know, when a supermodel gets wrinkles, like, that's life. You know, you've been smiling. It's okay. And I just, and I didn't call myself a supermodel, by the way. I'm just <laughs> saying that you, you're not, it's not perfect. And I tried to be perfect when I started this. Every sports center I did. Every single one. I'd get done. I'd grab the tape. I'd go upstairs and I would watch the entire sports center because wow. I was looking for things that I did wrong. And I thought, what am I like? So you're con even I'd make a mistake on camera and I'd be thinking about it through the whole show. And I don't know if you guys have gone through that where you make a mistake pregame or something and you're going, yep. God damn it. It's just yeah, there. But. I was looking for everything that was wrong. How'd the tie look? How'd my hair look? How did I sound? And it was just, I was driving myself crazy because I couldn't just go out there and go, I made a mistake. I can deal with it. And it took a long time to do that. And, uh, you know, Keith Oberman helped immensely because he's like, DP, 
fuck it, move on. And then <laughs> he's right. But in the moment, you're like, God, I want to, I want to be perfect. Yep. You know, that's probably why I got to where I am, but it also can really, you know, take its toll on you because you want to be great all the time. You know, the motto is every day is the Super Bowl. And, and if you don't have that approach, then you're going to fall on your face sometimes because you weren't prepared. And it goes back to that first day in radio when I didn't know how to pronounce the Ayatollah's name. And I never forgot that feeling of being humiliated. And so it's always there, you know, 40 years later. I'm emotional. I'm emotional <laughs> because I am. I'm like sitting here crying because a lot of this is relatable, but also... I was telling Chris a one question I wanted to ask you was I feel like in this whole thing has been like just like a relay race, right? Like it, you just go as fast as you can because you want to keep up and you want to keep reinventing yourself. You want to stay relevant, but you don't take the time to enjoy it. Guys, everyone loves a win, even if it's small. I had two big ones. I mean, congratulations to me. Let's celebrate finally cleaned out the fridge in the garage with all the nasty crap in the nice. drawer from last Christmas, maybe even Thanksgiving. And I'm getting somewhere on my closet. Purging, organizing, what about you? My big wins have to do with the cute little animals up at the ranch. Simba, who's my rescue, graduated. He doesn't have to stay in the crate overnight. He can hang out with the big boys at night. And also my sweet little baby chicks are thriving. So no matter if your win is big or small, it's still a win. And it calls for a celebration. And who's cheering right beside you? Say it with me, Aaron. State, State Farm. Farm. The State Farm personal price plan helps you create an affordable price just for you. So talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings and eligibility vary by state. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes. That it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is so special that we have you in our lives. We have you, the, somebody we looked up to, we wanted to be like, we wanted to work with, and we have you as a friend. And just to hear you tell these stories that, you know, are so passionate and things that we are so interested in. I don't know. It's I never celebrated. I, I never celebrated. I, I know. I never stopped. And my wife goes, 
celebrate the victories. I go, hun, I need big victories. So hard. Like, hey, you know, you're going to win an award. And she would say, no. Like, did you have a good show? I say, well, I don't know. Yeah, I guess. And she goes, but you got to celebrate it. And I, and and she was so right, as she always is. And I just missed out on that. So I would say to you guys, man, the small things. And, you know, having a baby, just those small things. Those are things you should be doing in your career, noticing the small things. It's like when your baby does something small and you go, God, did you see that? <laughs> that was awesome. Well, what'd she do? She, she ate an avocado. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, have fun and remember yeah. it because you chase constantly. Yeah. I did. I kept thinking, well, next job or next paycheck or next raise or next, 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 next. And I never, ever stopped. It's okay to look, open the scrapbook and just go, yeah, that was fun. Okay. And the so people let's, and the memories. So let's, let's do okay. this as, as I apply, Mike, do you have a few more minutes for us? Cause I know we're already, I have, time, I have life for you. I love you. Thank yeah. you. I know. God, what are you doing to me right now? She's a mother. She's emotional. Um, <laughs> I, I, I guess I I'm, a, to I'm a mother too. I'm a mother too. <laughs> <laughs> The best part is, Dan, you're one of the funniest people we know, and Aaron and you I are. don't cry ever. And here we are. Okay, so rapid fire since somebody used okay. my Dan Patrick school of question asking. Favorite interview? I don't have one. Least favorite interview? Ooh. Um, Tanya Harding was, was painful. Uh, Why? There you go, right there. Boom. God. That's what you do. Why? Well, I brought up Nancy Kerrigan. She, I had never interviewed her and um, she had found religion and I wanted to know how her religion accepted what she did and what she was, how she was a part of <laughs> Nancy Kerrigan and, and, you know, her husband and all those things. And um, so good. She, what a follow up. She goes, are we, are we going to really talk about this? And I go, yes. And then all of a sudden I hear, hold on, Paul wants to talk to you. Well, I don't know who Paul is. Paul goes, Dan, we going down this road? And I go, uh, who are you? Jeff Galuli's brother? I, I'm her agent and our PR person. And I go, look, I've never had. Uh, so they cut short the interview, but I just wanted to ask her about it. Um, I interviewed OJ Simpson. This was after the uh, double murder. And what was your first question? I don't remember my first question because really? we were we were talking football. OK, Um. I, I made a, a terrible mistake. Iowa, I think, was playing USC in the Orange Bowl. And I thought, you know what, OJ, you know, he, he was found not guilty. He was still a wonderful football player. Maybe we talked to OJ Simpson. Well, he agrees. And we just talked football and USC and all those things. And we were changing tapes. So I did 30 minutes and then we stopped. And so, you know, that feels like forever when somebody's reloading their camera and and it's just him and we're just sitting next to each other like four feet apart and he goes you think i did it and i go did what and he said Kill and you the- knew what he meant yes but i wanted him to say it so i said Mark. did what and he said killed those two people and i said yes time's up my- and then my cameraman goes, okay, we're, okay we're ready to roll. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. yeah. So no. what happened? Then he kept trying to tell me how he was not guilty. And he goes, you don't know how crazy my life is. 
Do you know that I was in Vegas and I walked by a room and they were shooting a porn and they wanted me, OJ, to be in the porn. And like it was going it was going in a direction where it wasn't going to make air. And I just let him talk. But he was trying to convince me because I just told him to his face. Yes, I thought that he killed, you know, his his wife. Wow. And, yeah, Ron Goldman. Yeah. So that one was an interesting uh, conversation. Um, Lawrence Taylor, I thought, was going to beat me up. Really? Yeah. I'd ask him. He had been suspended for cocaine use and he read a statement to the print media and I was at training camp and then he came out. They wouldn't let camera people in and he came out and he was walking to his car and I was working at CNN at the time. And uh, I said, would you read the statement on camera? And then uh, he said, you need to get the real story. And I said, I have the full story. I talked to your agent. And then he walked away. And then I thought, oh, God. All right, here I go. And I went up to him again. I said, look, I, I need you to read that on camera. You know, that I wasn't able to be in there. They wouldn't allow cameras. And then he had the darkest sunglasses on ever. I could see the whites of his eyes through his sunglasses. And he's staring at me. And I go, oh, oh my gosh. Shit. I oh, felt shit. like I was Ken O'Brien of the Jets. And he was coming after me, sack me. <laughs> And he's then, my neighbor. I'm not kidding. He's right down the street. Ken O'Brien is? <laughs> of course he is. Yeah, he's awesome. He's a good guy. I felt <laughs> he's bad. Great. He's one of the first guys I ever felt bad for. I saw fear in his eyes when Lawrence Taylor was chasing him during a game. And I go, that that is fear right there. That <laughs> wow. is fear. But he got into his, he had a dark blue Porsche and he peeled out. And Peter King was working, I think, for Newsday. He runs out. He goes, what did he say? And I told him the story. And I think Peter quoted me in Newsday that Lawrence Taylor basically told me to get fucked as he got <laughs> his car. I mean, they, these are the moments that people don't really care. Like when you're getting in the business, you what don't do you think mean? they're amazing. Yeah. Well, no, that that you don't want to have these moments like you don't have these moments. Come on, you know, and then you do where, you know, sometimes you're asking a tough question and. You know, I just I, I just try to be professional the best I can. Never try to be sensationalistic or I and I don't do gotcha. I don't do any of that stuff. But there are times when you go, God, this is going to hurt when I ask this question. Oh. But so, you got to do it. Was there an interview that you wanted, didn't think that you would get and you got it? Let's see. Now I could say yes or no to that. Right. Who, who was who was a person that you wanted to interview and you didn't think you could get it, but you got it. Um, I think Michael Jordan during the NBA finals when he wasn't talking to the media. And then I got a chance to talk. I, I had a great relationship with him. I, I don't really know him, but he was very generous uh, with me. And he knew that I was I, I could push him a little bit. And he was playful. I thought he was different when he was on SportsCenter after they would win those championships. And... I um another interview I got that that's really not headline worthy, but John Stockton never did interviews. Never. The NBA finals, NBC would be try Jim Gray would be trying to get John Stockton to sit down. And I just remember saying to the PR, I, I was just trying to be funny. And I said, um, hey, love to have uh, you know, John to sit down for an interview. And he goes, I'll ask. And I go, okay, just for shits and giggles. Comes back and he goes, John will do it. Uh, where do you want to do it? And I go, what? 
So we we <laughs> sat down did the interview, Hello? and I just remember NBC's like, "Wait, what do you? Wait a minute, uh, you know why didn't you do an interview with us?" And I go, "I have no idea. I just ask." And I yeah. always say that don't mm-hmm. be afraid to ask. Cool. I, if you can take no, which I happened through most of my high school and college career with women, <laughs> like if you can if you can take a no and keep coming back, then, you know, that's you got to have that that thick skin. You have to have calluses. And I just remember you just ask, uh, you know, I, I had no problem asking. And if you got rejected, you're like, OK. Guys, everyone loves a win, even if it's small. I had two big ones. I mean, congratulations to me. Let's celebrate. Finally cleaned out the fridge in the garage with all the nasty crap in the nice. door from last Christmas, maybe even Thanksgiving. And I'm getting somewhere on my closet. Purging, organizing, what about you? My big wins have to do with the cute little animals up at the ranch. Simba, who's my rescue, graduated. He doesn't have to stay in the crate overnight. He can hang out with the big boys at night. And also my sweet little baby chicks are thriving. So no matter if your win is big or small, it's still a win. And it calls for a celebration. And who's cheering right beside you? Say it with me, Aaron. State State Farm. Farm. The State Farm Personal Price Plan helps you create an affordable price just for you. So talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings and eligibility vary by state. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes. That it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature, and of course... We'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table because geek culture is pop culture. And we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you think you could ask Michael Jordan to do Calm Down as well? Like, mm. we can book him next week. That would be amazing. <laughs> mm. um, no, I don't have that pipeline to him mm-hmm. anymore. But he, I would still love to follow up with him. And I would love to talk business with him. His business yeah. acumen 
And the fact that his mom played this important role and yeah. what would have happened if he, you know, stayed with Adidas, didn't want to go to Nike. And uh, I mean, you know, these small little decisions that somebody makes and you go, that's a billion dollar decision right there, if mm-hmm. not more, a couple of billion dollars. And all it was, was we're going there and we're going to, we're going to talk to these people at Nike. And, uh, you know, you're, you're just, sometimes it takes that. It's just a small thing with a lot of these guys and they're competitive too. I find this too, in interviewing, you got to be competitive with somebody competitive. Don't be afraid to, to let them know, you know what you're talking about and go after them a little bit. Pat Riley famously shut me down one time. Don Shula shut me down one time because they didn't think I knew what I was talking about. And they could have been correct, but what I was asking was not, <laughs> you know, yeah, something really serious. You know, it wasn't goodwill hunting and I'm solving a problem on a chalkboard. But I asked Jack Ramsey, I said, uh, give me a question I can ask Pat Riley, NBA Finals. Jack, so good. Jack was just a wonderful, wonderful man. He go, Dan. Lakers or Miami? Who is he with? He was with the Knicks. Oh, sorry, Knicks. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah the Knicks. So um, he goes, Dan, this is what you ask him. And, and so he's got this elaborate thing. And I'm so I go over there. It's a you know group uh, interview with Riley. And I asked the question and he didn't even answer. He looked at me. And he didn't even answer it. And I walked back over and Jack goes, what did he say, Dan? I said, he didn't say anything. He goes, he knew you knew something. And I go, uh, I don't, I just think I just embarrassed myself in front of him. He goes, <laughs> no, you didn't, Dan. You learned from me. Like, you know, Hall of Famer, wonderful man. And he was trying to, he, I think he, he knew that Riley knew that Jack gave me the question to ask him. And he wasn't going to give up the answer to the reporters there. That's all right. You know, that's all right. That's why Rogers is so hard for me sometimes because he and Andrew Luck was really hard. Chris, I know he was just on your Thursday night show because they're smarter than you. I'll never out, you know, and Rogers knows what's coming. Luck knew. And I was like, damn it. Stop being so smart. Just listen. Yeah, but I find those they're they'll play, you know, kind of verbal tennis with you a little bit. They'll they'll help you do your job. Um, I found Rogers would be engaging. And yes. when, when I talked to him after the draft, when they took Jordan Love and I said, you know, why, why four fingers with your tequila? And he said there wasn't any, te- any more tequila. Like he had that amount of tequila only because that's all the tequila that was left at the time. And, uh, you know, so you're asking him about that process. And he allowed yeah. me to go into his home when I was asking the question. And that's all you want is if you break through the barrier now, what do you do when you get in the house? Are we sitting in the living room, mm-hmm. the kitchen? Are we going down to the man cave? <sighs> are we going to the bedroom? But I want to know <laughs> where, where, we're, where are we going? Is it going to be a fun, intimate conversation? Is it going to be sort of status quo? Like, I want to be in the kitchen with you. Yeah. Living room, nothing good happens in the living room. Now, except for the Christmas <laughs> tree, and that's it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, when whenever you go over and you were meeting a girl and you were going to take her to prom, you went in the living room like it was always and and they'd have plastic on the furniture like nothing good happens in the living room. But you get into the kitchen with an athlete or a coach or something, then it's like just sitting around and it becomes a little bit more of a uh, let's chat. And that's another thing I always tell my students. Don't interview somebody. Have a conversation with somebody. Mm hmm. Because then it doesn't sound like an interrogation. Because if I ask you questions and I'm like, you know, peppering you, 
you're going to tense up a little bit. But if we're having a conversation, then I feel like, okay, let me hear your tone. And that'll t- that kind of dictates, uh, you can have a velvet hammer. That's the way I view it is, hey, it may hurt, but it's not going to hurt as much or it's going to look better than a hammer coming at you. It'll be a velvet hammer. But ask that question and get that conversation going. Because when you do, that's when they forget they're being interviewed. And, and, it, well, and it's hard to do that, really hard. But when you do, then you got magic. And that's all you want. You want, want that sound bite. And I, I always respected when, the, when you had to ask two questions, you got your two questions on the sidelines. I'd be like, God love you, man. God love you. <laughs> Because I couldn't do so it. So hard. I, I could, uh, what are you going to say to your team second half? <laughs> like, I know. You know, like, uh, coach, uh, what do you need to work on after that? Every goddamn thing is what I <laughs> yeah. need to do. And you're like, wait a minute. Contractually, I get to ask you one more question. Uh, you know, you know what? I, I want to see you interview Mike McDaniel on the sideline at halftime. Oh, my because God. With two questions. Is my dream is to see Dan Patrick interview Mike McDaniel at halftime. And then I reached out. I had Fritzy reach out to Mike McDaniel two weeks ago and I said, you know, hey, we'd love to have you on the show. And the message we got back was, I'd like to talk to Dan in the offseason. Huh. That was it. Because he wants to talk for a long time. He I is very, I mean. I, 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 I love it. I love, you know, when everybody is a cookie cutter and it's like, oh, that's the yep. and coach. Mm-hmm. Speak. Nobody wants that. I, I want a guy who like is difficult, irascible. I mean, I don't want Belichick or Popovich per se. Because that's not good for, you know, our, our jobs. But when you get somebody who wants to kind of push back at you a little bit, give you shit. Like Jim Beheim always wanted to, you know, push back. John Calipari wanted to give me shit. Bo Coach Ryan K. was like Best. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's what you want. Because they're, as I say to my daughter's boyfriends, if I like you, I'm going to give you shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if I don't, then, I'm not you know, saying anything. time to. Time to pack your bag. Like you just have fun with somebody that you care about or you want to engage with. And I've been fortunate that you can kind of push back a little bit. I mean, Bob Knight became a friend. I was going to say, isn't that that the little statue right in front of your microphone? That is Lou Holtz at Arkansas. Oh, the red red sweater and the white shirt underneath. I thought it was Bob. I have... Bob Knight, a big doll back there, a big uh, carving or something. People send me stuff all the time. I love it. I love it. I got this is I have this man. I don't know what I'm going to do when my career is over because I have to take all this stuff home. And, you know, my wife loves that. You know, there's no sports stuff at home. It's all. What is it? When is the end of your career when you want it to be? Four more years. Four Four more years. years. Really? Why? (sighs) Good, Carissa. I think I'm learning. That was great. I want to be able to do it at a certain level, hopefully maintain that level. And then you you bow out. It's a young person's game. Mm -hmm. Trying to stay relevant, having the energy, uh, the enthusiasm, uh, having something new to tell people. You know, those are all challenges. But it's every day where you think about that. What I mean, there there are shows that I I went to see one direction. I, I would go see. Taylor Swift, if I could get the, t- like, I want to stay young, at least in my mind of what is out there? What is somebody doing? What are they saying? What are the shows that people are watching? Um, the athletes, the younger, at- like all of that stuff. And um, it's doing your homework. And I, I just want to make sure, uh, you know, I do it in a way that you laugh with me, not at me. And that's my, that's my big concern. That's my big fear is, damn, he's still doing that. 
Like, no, you don't know. Well, no, but you, I know. But that's unfortunately, that's the approach I have. It's I'm I'm still trying to prove myself after all these years, every oh single God. day. I know. If but, you say that I'm screwed. <laughs> no, but I I it's have no other endearing. approach to that. I have no. no other approach. I can't do it any any other way. And it's as I said, going back, you don't enjoy it because you're always going straight ahead. There's nothing wrong with pulling over the side of the road and going, all right, and then getting back in the, you know, the HOV lane or whatever. But that's, yeah. that, that's what you, that's the only way I know how to do it. So four more years and then uh, I'll bow out Christmas Eve uh, in four more years. So on that illustrious resume, the occasionally accurate annuals, annuals? <laughs> <laughs> annuals? I, we were trying, we were trying. Oh, to, uh, why, the, why the book? Annual. Um, Every football book is serious and it's yeah. about gladiators and it's about, you know, all this stuff, macho. And Joel Cohen uh, co-wrote the book and he writes for The Simpsons. And he called me up and he said, hey, would you like to be in a Simpsons episode? And I said, sure. I said, I don't want to play myself. He goes, no, no, you'll just be a generic announcer. I said, that's playing myself. And um, you're going to do some rock skipping. It's a rock skipping competition with Homer Simpson. And you're going to do play by play. And I go. I'm all in. Mm -hmm. And he goes, okay, um, hey, can you explain to me why Mark Sanchez gets criticized for the butt fumble when <laughs> Vince Wilfork blew up the tackle that bounced into Mark? And I go, and so we started talking. And then he said, you know, I got one other thing. And then he would bring something up. And then all of a sudden I would say stuff back to it. So we were basically exchanging ideas. And then I think after 20 minutes, he goes, do you want to write a book? And I go, sure. Now, I didn't know what he was talking about. I just said, sure, write a book. Yeah, I don't know. And then uh, he goes, I'm going to write all this stuff down. I'm going to come back at you. And then we just would talk on the phone. And then he, it was all tongue in cheek, fun stuff, goofy stuff, some serious stuff, some stuff we made up. And I just thought, you know what? Have a little levity with this. Have a little fun with this. Poke a little fun at it. And he was wonderful to just talk to. And then Andy Richter from Conan he had a question. He wanted to write like all of these people that he knew were like, hey, can I tell why, you know, how I became a Vikings fan? And I used to sleep naked with the windows open to get used to the cold and be. And then I'd be like, oh, sure. Can we talk about Nipplegate? And I said, we can talk about whatever you want. Yes. I'm going to talk about Nipplegate. And I go, sure. We're talking Nipplegate here. Yes. I'm going to rename this book the random shit you want to talk about with Dan Patrick. <laughs> that might have been a better title than the no. uh, occasionally accurate annals. I just love having you trying to say annals. <laughs> okay, wait. We, we're we going to let you go. But before we do that, E, do you want anything... Um, before we let Dan get back to his life? No, I just, I, I love you and I hope you're well. And how is your health? Are you good? I'm uh, going into New York once a month, get uh, okay. get uh, wired up there for a little bit, but uh, a whole lot better than I was because yeah. I, I, I went down a dark hole there for uh, quite some time. And, yeah. you know, I, I never, I never knew depression. Never, like when somebody says, oh, I suffer from depression. I'm like, what? I, how do you suffer from depression that mm -hmm. all of a sudden you get depression and you're going, holy shit. So yeah. whenever anybody brings it up now, man, I want to know, I want you to talk because it's, mm -hmm. uh, that, that was as, and I almost quit the business. I yeah. physically couldn't, I couldn't climb the steps to get into the studio. And I'm like, 
man, I am I'm in bad shape, but everything's good. Better. Good. Got a granddaughter and uh, little Josephine. So it, life How is good. How old Josephine? She is going to be eight months. Cute. Oh, my God. It's not fair how cute she is. My dad said, if I knew how great being a grandparent was, I would have never been a parent. It's a whole (laughs) different thing when you're on the other side of that. It is, man. You can love them and then you just hand them off. That's how I feel with Matt. That's what Kristen does with my kid. Yeah. (laughs) But look, I'm proud of you two, the women you are. Okay. Thank you. You're going to make me cry. (laughs) That's not possible. Thank you. I, I am proud of you, and we've you, you, we've navigated some some waters there. That's uh, certainly. Um, but you know what? Uh, I'm glad. Whatever role I play, I'm I'm very happy to be a sounding board or just a friend. And just a friend is not fair to say. I'm proud to be a friend. No, thank you, Dan. God, means so much what is coming happening? from you. <laughs> yes, we love you so love much. Love you a lot. I'm so grateful for you. Calm Down with Aaron and Carissa is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.